Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amen. Good morning. How are you guys today? It is good to see you this August morning. Now, it was a little over a week ago. Amber and I found ourselves in the concession stands at County High for their Jamboree football event. All right, we're basketball parents, and so every basketball parent had to take their turn in the stands. If you've had kids, you know how this works, that you gotta do your part, right? Well, about halfway through the night, a little kid walks up to the concession stand, and he wants a red Gatorade. You know, we're just, that night, we're just selling little snacks, drinks. It's a hot night, so we sold a bunch of drinks, and he wants a red Gatorade. And so as someone was going to get that, he asked how much it was. All he had in his little hand was a dollar bill. Well, Gatorades were $3. And when he heard how much they were, it's almost like I saw a little look on his face. I was like, what am I going to do? But you know what happened next, right? Very quickly, there's three people around going, we got him covered, we're good. And it ended up being the man at the next window. He's like, I'll cover him for the $2 he needs. It was such a quick and simple moment. A moment that happens quite often. It's not that abnormal, but it kind of grabbed my attention. And I kind of wonder for you, have you ever been that person before? Have you ever forgotten your wallet and you go, oh no, what am I going to do? Have you ever been someplace and, and you have your card, you got your wallet, but all they take is cash and you're like, oh no, who's going to cover me for this one? Or just maybe. It's just simply you realize I don't have enough. What am I going to do? I thought about that moment, then it kind of entered this conversation I had with myself. I kind of entered this place of like, this can be life sometimes, and maybe it's not about money. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you feel like you didn't personally, in life, have enough to bring to the table? Have you ever felt like what I have available in gifts or talents or just what I bring really isn't significant. Have you ever felt like that boy that you walk up kind of the concession stands of life and you're like, I don't have enough to offer. I have felt that way, particularly in one season of my life. I don't want to tell you about that today. Yeah, I want to tell you about that as we continue this series that we've been going through, Refocus, as I've been, I've been bringing to you objects that sit on my desk, that sit on my desk always, every day, all year long, and they sit on my desk because I want to, as I look at those, remind myself there are mindsets and lifestyles that I know I need to be living, and sometimes they grab my attention and bring me back into the place that I need to be. Now, you know week one, if you've been here, you know week one, I had the robot. We talked about Paul's words 
where how he said, after his life changed and he lived in this freedom that Christ gave him, I want to live my life differently. I want to be all things to all people. I want to be flexible. I want to meet people where they are so that I can show them Jesus. And then last week, I showed you my rock from the Sea of Galilee. And we talked about those times in life when you feel like you're going to drown. But it's in that exact same moment that you think you're going to drown, that it's in this moment that there's Jesus wanting to be the rescuer if you will let him. And now we're on to week three. And today we're going to go Mark chapter 12, okay? We're going to go to the gospel of Mark. He's going to tell us something that happened in Jesus' life. And so if you've got your phone, you can... You can take it out, and if you, if I say that most weeks of like you got your phone, most people, in case you don't know, um, there's an app called YouVersion, and it has, um, ha, as the Bible, it has a lot of devotionals, has a lot of resources. We do use that around here. You can also, if there's a, if you're in the room and the Bible's in your seat, you can have those. If you don't have one, or you can use the Bible you brought or watch on the screen. But we're going to go Mark chapter 12 today. Mark's going to give us a clear picture for life. Mark's going to give us a picture of what I think Jesus asks us to bring to the table as we follow him. Short story, verse 41, it says this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more money into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Why does Jesus have this conversation with these people at this time? If you read this uh, kind of around this story, which I always recommend you do if you're reading a text, read around the story, you'll see that Jesus is in the temple and he is teaching. He does this all the time. If you read through the, uh, the Gospels, you'll see he's in the temple, he's teaching. And then what happens is also a regular occurrence that the religious, established religious leaders, the ones who are kind of in charge there, they come up to Jesus. And if you know those interactions, they are trying to kind of feel Jesus out, maybe trap him, maybe find a weak spot. If you read around, they, they, they're doing what they always do. They're walking around in their robes, they're parading themselves of what they've got, and they're trying to squash anything that may be counter to what they believe are the system that's already there. They're trying to use their position, they're trying to use their power just to do what a lot of times people do. They're no different than us. It's the human condition. Power and position can be used as a tool, as a resource, but oftentimes it's not used for good, but it's used for power and control. And so there Jesus is. He stops and he watches what's going on. And then he calls his disciples over and he wants them to stop and watch what's going on. 
He needs them to take in this important moment so they can see something for their, with their very eyes. He knows that in order to change the world, he needs them to see the pictures that are right in front of them. They need to see people that are right in front of them. So there they are in this moment. And I want you to picture this. People of wealth, all day are walking by them. And they're throwing money, they're putting coins into the temple treasury. Now I want you to picture this. When he puts the coins in the temple treasury, it makes a clanging noise. The more money, the more coins you put in, the more noise it's going to make. So for this moment, this is not just about generosity or honoring God with what they have. This giving can also be used as a pronouncement of wealth, pronouncement of importance. And it's in this moment, Jesus wants them to see this contrasting picture that's going on around them. I want you to imagine this. I know it's hard. You've even been to the temple before. It's hard to see. But imagine they're sitting watching. These people are going by. And these people are giving out of their wealth. And Jesus shows them. He says, listen, they're still going to be rich when they walk away. They may actually be getting something from this because it continues to put them in the seat of importance and seat of, 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 of value in the eyes of others. But then this... Poor widow walks up. She's not dressed the same. She doesn't look the same. She doesn't act the same. There's not the, uh, the weight of her presence. She doesn't carry position in Jerusalem. She is an afterthought. And even though she's an afterthought in the city, Jesus elevates her story that we're still reading it a couple thousand years later. And she, and she allows Jesus to make a, a point that's really clear. As she gives what she has, they're able to see that a bigger gift is not always the greater gift. He helps them see that just because you give more doesn't mean that is better. And so Jesus elevates the widow in a way that no one else would. He says, listen, for how I, how I value things, this woman gave more than these rich, rich people could ever give because of how she gave it. Now, I don't know in your church experience how this portion of scripture has been used. Maybe you've never heard it or you've heard it a bunch. But if you've heard it before, sometimes pastors use this as a like tithing sermon. And I get it. Like the idea of, of following Jesus and our money and this conversation, it's all valid. I get it. Sometimes other people will use, and pastors will use this portion of Scripture to talk about injustices and how people are taken advantage of. And I get it, completely valid. But I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, what I'm doing this month is using Scriptures that God has spoken to me in a very personal way. How He used these Scriptures in my life. And as I look at this and read this, this Scripture wasn't about money for me. 
I see it there, but that's not how God used it. It's not about the injustices for me, even though I see it. That's not what he did. See, this scripture was used in my life all the way back in 2017. Some of you were at church at this time in 2017, but many of you were not. So you were not around during this process. Well, the pastor before me, his name was Joel Gorvet. And I was on his staff. I eventually was his executive pastor. And one Sunday morning, and he, he informed us that he was moving on to another church. He felt like his time was here. He was moving on. Now, as he said those words, the next move that the church needs to make in most churches is that they got to form a search committee out of the board that they have, and that's what they did. And so the search committee started doing their thing. In the meantime, people started asking me, wondering what was going on. Just, it was a time of like, what is next? Well, it was during this time that this search committee, they prayed. They had lots of conversations. They were doing what they needed to do to decide who was the next leader of this church. That was their role. But behind the scenes, the story of Scott in that moment was an interesting time of my life. See, when Joel announced this, I had a question to ask myself as well. Do I stay or do I go? Do I answer phone calls? Do I answer inquiries about would I, was I willing to or interested in going other places? And so I decided at the beginning of March that I needed to fast and pray. I need to fast and pray of just, God, what is next for me and my family? Do I stay? Do I go? If, if, it's, if it's even offered to me, should I say yes or should I say no? Like, I didn't know what was next. The conversation was there. Was it going to be Scott or somebody else? And I didn't know what I was supposed to do, so I fasted and prayed. It was on day six, I remember the moment where I, all of a sudden I felt a, just a, a calmness, a peace of like, I know, I think I know how this is going to play out, that God began to confirm in me the result that was going to be there. And, and I knew if the church offered me the position as lead pastor, I was supposed to say yes. But still, weeks were going by, over a month going by. But then that night, I got a phone call from the board near the end of April. And obviously, they did ask me to accept the opportunity to be the lead pastor. Obviously, I said yes to the, the invitation to be the lead pastor. The church voted, and no, the rest is history, as you say. But here's this deal, still under the surface. God had confirmed in me that I was to be the lead pastor in the role I'm playing now. And on the outside that day, I was ready. My answers were ready. But some of you know on the inside, I very much felt like the w poor widow who was bringing her two coins to the treasury that day. Have you ever felt convinced you're supposed to do something, but still on the inside feel insecure of 
whether you can accomplish it or not? Have you ever known you're supposed to do something but still wonder, do I have what it takes? This is the seat that I sat in that day. But I look back now and I realize it was the exact seat that I was supposed to be sitting in. Because for the next year or more, God began to work in deep places that I didn't even know really existed and still he, until he started really moving, speaking, working in my life. Because if you know me, you know I'm a fairly secure person in life. I know that I'm good at some things and I know that I'm terrible at some things. And I'm comfortable with both of those things. But for the first time in my life, I had to admit that I was insecure and didn't feel like I was enough for what was about to come in my life. I had to admit that I felt like a little boy walking up to a concession stand with a dollar bill in hand, but knowing it cost $3 to accomplish the task that was in front of me. I had to admit that I was the woman who had two coins walking up to the temple knowing this is not a lot to give. Knowing that people around me could bring so much more, knowing that people have the ability to bring more than I could ever bring to the table. I'm going back and reliving those moments, but have you ever felt that? If you had to be honest with yourself beyond the surface, have you felt the emotions that, that Scott felt that day? So as I said, over the next year, God began to speak to me. And what I realized is there was some pretty important, now they seem surface and they seem so like commonplace because God did that work in me, but at the time I needed him to drive stakes into my life so I could do what he had next for me to do. And so simply this morning as we're talking about what sits on my desk, I want to share with you kind of the lessons that I had to walk through hoping if you're walking through these same insecurities doubts if you feel at all like how I felt then maybe these will speak to your life as well and so lesson one that I had to walk through was simply this that God created me with everything I needed to accomplish for his purpose for my life okay God created me with everything I I needed to accomplish for his purpose for my life. Do you know why I say all the time God created you on purpose for a purpose? It goes back to a previous time in me when God had to speak that to me. And I say it because God began to speak to me of why this was so important, that a simple sentence can be this important. Because God needed me to learn that anytime I think less of myself is dishonoring to the one who's created me. 
What I needed to learn was that when I think less of who I am, it's dishonoring to God who saw fit to create me with who I am and the giftings that I have. Any time that I beat myself up that I don't have enough is dishonoring to God who loves me just as he created me. That this wasn't simply just insecurity. This insecurity is normal. That there's something to it when I look at myself and I'm not good enough to accomplish what God has called me to is a dishonoring to him that he doesn't know what he's doing by creating me and calling me to something. And something needed to be turned in me. A refocusing needed to happen to me. That what if in the moments that I don't think I'm enough, that I reshape those thoughts, I refocus my mind to say, we have and are everything we need to accomplish to accomplish the purposes that God has for your life. We have and are everything we need to accomplish the purposes that God has for my life. And the question I have this morning is what would change in your everyday What would change tomorrow morning? What would change tomorrow morning if you believed that God knew what he was doing when he created you and created a purpose for you? What would change in how you operate on a day-to-day basis if there was something, I know insecure fights us, but if there was a deep belief that says, God created me for something. The second thing I had to learn, this one I'm still wrestling with, but I had to learn that I am not responsible for the results of my life, only that I surrender it. This one's a tough one, practically and emotionally. I am not responsible for the results of my life, only that I surrender it. Sometimes comparisons are the root of the insecurities that we have in life, aren't they? We look around and we're like, look how much that is doing, that person is doing. We look around and say, look at the big things that they are accomplishing. We get amazed at other people and in the process, we diminish the purpose that God has given. You given me. And I tell you this morning, it's okay for other people to have successes. It's okay for other people to have more success than you think you are having success. It's okay for other people to have more talents than you in life. I know, and I'm com- perfectly comfortable with the idea that there are plenty of pastors who are way more talented than me. I'm actually comfortable with there are staff members on my staff that I'm supposedly the boss over, I'm the one in charge, that have more talents than me. Because this is what I've learned. They need those to accomplish the task that God's called to them. And I don't need those tasks because he hasn't uh, called me to that in my life. 
I'm okay with the idea that other people may have things I don't have because I have to be comfortable and okay with that I have what I need for what God has called me to. Because see, I believe now as God's work through me is that the greatest success in life comes from the moment you surrender it, not because of the results from it. And somebody in here is wrestling with insecurity because something feels like a failure. You feel like a failure because you aren't accomplishing what you and your mind have set out to. Something has happened, and you need to understand that just because other people have accomplished things you haven't doesn't mean it's more, because that maybe is what God has called them to, and he's called you to something else. And that is completely okay, because we are not responsible for the results in our life, just that we surrender it. And, if we, and we can get to that place, it changes things. And so it was back then as I wrestled that God had to speak deeply into me that, Scott, I have called you, I have wired you, I have equipped you, I have positioned you for exactly what I have for you. You need to just own that versus always coveting what you don't have. And beating yourself up because you don't have it. So I want to tell you, comparing our lives to others doesn't allow us to celebrate that God created you on purpose for your purpose. And this doesn't sit well in American culture that continues to push what success is. It's very hard. And so what we do, I've seen people do it over and over, and they don't think we can see it, but we can see it. It's we keep pushing and wanting and wanting because they think, if I get this, then I'll be perceived as successful. If I get this, I'll be perceived as being important. If I drop those coins in the treasury, I'll, 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 I'll look more important. And the problem is, now from my view of I've walked through this, I'm less impressed with people's results in their life and more impressed when they just surrender their life. And this is something we don't do. I had to walk through this. When we are willing to stop comparing and just surrender, I think, I think we'll be able to begin to learn the third thing that I had to learn. When we stop beating ourselves up for what we think we don't have, we begin to open ourselves up to the lesson that I think this story wants to tell us. And it's simply this bringing my two coins is all that God asked for me. Do you know that this is the story of your life? Some of you in this room, some of you online are super talented. You can do things I could never imagine doing. And some of you in this room feel like, I don't really do a heck of a lot. I want to tell you, I don't care about the results. 
I don't think God is looking down and being focused on the results. I think the greatest thing we're called to is just like this poor widow, bringing your two coins is all God asks of you. It is an act of worship to surrender our two coins to God. But surrendering to God is not just a salvation thing, it's an everyday thing with everything that we have got. I need to surrender who I am every single day, even when I don't feel like I'm surrendering much at all. Some of us sometimes feel like, why do I need to surrender this? Because it's not that big of a deal. Your life is a big deal. Your two coins are a big deal because it's not about the two coins. It's about the surrender. It's not about what you're surrendering. It's the, that you are bringing them. I think just like that widow, when Jesus sees that we're willing to give, when we give at a sacrifice, we give at a surrender, it will always be received, it will always be applauded. And I think what we then experience as we go, I think we begin to hear God say, if you'll bring the coins, watch what I can do with those two coins. God takes our two coins and then he covers us for the rest that needs to be accomplished. And I look at our life and I'm like, people, we've got one life to live. We know this time is gonna end here on earth. And I believe we can experience a life we could never imagine if we just bring the two coins. And, and, and I don't know what your life would look like and what your two coins are but, I, are, but I wonder specifically, tangibly, what if you woke up every morning and say, I'll bring my coins. So, so in the morning, you go to work. Tomorrow morning, you're going to go to work. You're going to be at home. You're going to be at school. You're going to be somewhere. And you're like, I'll bring my two coins. God, you do whatever you want with it. I'll even say, what if you brought your two coins to what's going on in here? What if your two coins is simply, I don't mind, I'll greet some people at the door because they don't feel safe and secure and they may feel like they don't matter, so I'm going to greet people at the door. I'm going to go down in children's ministry. I'm going to make parents feel safe and welcome. I'm going to greet them at the door. These are my two cents. Holding a baby is your two cents. Reading a story is your two cents. Being crowd control in children's two cents. Leading a group is your two cents. Serving in the community when we do things is your two cents sitting behind a camera so that people who can't be here can still receive what's going on is your two cents. What are your two cents in your everyday life? What are your two cents going to be here? So that God can do more through you and through us so that they can experience, people can experience the joy and love that comes from Jesus. What if you brought your two cents and then all of a sudden your two cents became multiplied? And that God's like, I just needed that. I can cover the rest. So it was back in 2017. And I told you last week that I, I wanted to bring the rock home because of like, am I drowning? I knew that I wanted to bring home a coin 
from Israel. You may have heard the widow's mite before. Simple coin. I, I wanted to bring this coin home. I wanted to sit on my desk every day. Because when I see this on my desk, you know what I tell myself? Do you know what it reminds me? It's super simple. But can't some of the, the biggest things in our life be the most simple things? When I see this coin, it reminds me that my responsibility today is just to bring what I've got and Jesus will cover for the rest. It reminds me that I'm in a long line of people that Jesus has used from the disciples who probably the disciples were the ones that weren't chosen by the rabbis to go into the, the, the religious circles that would have given them esteem so they go out and fish. But they brought their coins. It reminds me that God uses people like Abraham and Moses who they had backstories and they had issues of faith and they just surrendered their two coins. I told you I was at a football game. Well, because we were just selling drinks and a few snacks, later that night I called Ellie, who was watching the game. She had not been with me the whole night. I said, Ellie, I'm going to go get some dinner for your mom and myself. We're going to go to the food trucks there in the parking lot. Do you want something? She's like, yeah. So she comes out, we meet, and I take her to the food truck she wants. I get her dinner, and then I go to the food truck, and I order what I want, and, and then I go to the food truck that Amber wants. But after I left the one where I was getting what I wanted, Ellie didn't come along. And I'm like, where did she go? Well, a couple minutes passed, and I had ordered, and then she walks up to me, and I'm like, Ellie, like, where were you? Like, what did you do? And she said, Dad, um, I was standing in line, and a kid walked up, and he ordered something, but I saw he just added, like, a dollar. She said, so I stood there. It's her dad tears right here. And she said, I just need to make sure he had enough to buy dinner. Man, in that moment, she had no idea. My heart exploded, just exploded. Because she's a teenage girl, I can't go all Scott on her, right? Like, I gotta, like I'd be like picking her up and turning her around and be like, man. She wanted to make sure that kid was covered for dinner. And I'm like, Elia, man, the picture of Jesus I saw in my daughter, the picture of what I see in this story, it's like, we don't have to have everything that we need because we got Jesus who covers us. man when your kids show you the picture of Jesus and inspires you to like this is what he wants to do for us that we bring these two coins and he's like don't worry about it I'll just cover you 
oh my goodness, my heart in that moment was just so proud. And I'm thinking about us today now. I'm just thinking about us in this room. I'm wondering if we just bring those two coins, would we allow Jesus to cover us? Would we bring our two coins and just let Jesus tell us to accomplish what I need you to accomplish? I don't need you to do the whole thing. I just need you to bring what I gave you and us together can accomplish your purpose. And I think the moral of this story from my life and I want to share to you is simply when you give your two coins, he will cover you for the rest. And some of you need to be reminded of that this morning. Somebody need to be reminded, need that picture of Jesus because there's something going inside of you. And here's what I'll say. Some of you need to stop chasing results and surrender your life. Some of you need to stop being the religious or the, the Pharisee or the rich people walking through and going, look how much I can give. Look how the results I have for my life. I'm just trying to be important. And you need to surrender your life because the rest of your life you're going to be chasing results. And this is not what Jesus has called you to. He has called you to surrender yourself. And you're going to, be, you're going to go through life chasing things and you're going to be miserable because you think you were created to produce results when I think we're created to surrender so he can produce results through us. This is a conversion that happens when we give our life to Jesus and we think it's going to be less, but it's going to be more even if it doesn't look like more because we don't compare. And for someone else, you feel super insecure today because something has happened and you're like, I'm just not enough. And I want to encourage you this morning. Your greatest act of worship is just to bring what you've got and say, this is all I've got. But it's yours. We sang a song in worship today. It was a new one. It's called Gratitude. And it simply is, if you caught the words, it's simply, I don't have a lot. I don't have what's fit for a king, but I'm bringing it to you. that was life so I asked the band I said hey will you guys finish with the same song we ended the set with because first Sunday and I want to make sure you walk away with but maybe the greatest act of worship today is I surrender my life it's not a whole lot but this is what I'm bringing to you now can you cover me for the rest for whatever you want to accomplish and for you today maybe if you don't know Jesus and don't know how much he wants to cover you in life. Maybe it's as we end in this song, the, the two cents of you is I just, I give you my life. I surrender it. And I'll tell you, watch and see what he does with your two cents and how it changes everything. So Heavenly Father, thank you for drilling these stakes deep in my life. In the moments I was most insecure of could I accomplish what I knew you were calling me to, 
And still today, God, I wake up in the morning, I come to work, and I see this little coin, and it reminds me, just bring your two cents. And you will be responsible for the results. And so, God, I pray today, whoever's watching, listening, is in this room, God, if there's, a, if there's something holding back from the surrendering that, God, will you speak? God, if there's anybody here who feels that same insecurity that I was feeling, God, will you speak to it? And God, may the results of it be, I'm just giving you what I've got, even if it feels like not a lot. I'm just giving you me. And I think this is all you've asked from us. So speak to your people. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.